Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. We are all about empowering teachers and students. And we answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? All right, in today's episode, we are going to do some math. We like to have an episode every once in a while where some mathematics happens, So today, you might want to have a paper and pencil handy if you like to record things, if it's easier for you to think about stuff, if you can write something down. Um, You might have your finger on the pause button, just in case you want to think about something before we kind of move on. Right. So in today's episode, we want to talk about one of our favorite mathematics topics, fractions, decimals, and percent. And today, specifically the connections between them. Yep. So Pam, we both find it interesting that some people really like one of these more than the other, right? They find them more relatable or easier to work with and favor them in some way. Like for instance, I really like dealing in percentages and I have a feeling- You are the percent queen. (laughs) I do. But I have a feeling that my husband probably prefers fractions because of all the building that he does. Totally. And I'm actually a bit more comfortable with decimals. I sort of like to hang in decimal land and we'll, and I'll deal with fractions and percents if I kind of have to. Um, so we had a discussion on our membership site journey the other day, and it seemed like one of the teachers that we were talking to is really more comfortable in fractions. It's so interesting that we kind of have these comfort zones. Right. And either way, whatever your comfort zone is, we want to suggest that we don't want to leave anyone in just one of those forms because the power is in the connection between them. Yeah. So today's episode is all about the connections between these three, fractions, decimals, and percentages. So what do we mean by that? Well, like all math, we want them to be figure outable. Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting tidbit. For a lot of places, one of the early mentions of fractions is pretty young, but it really lands heavy in like third, fourth, fifth grade. Um, mm-hmm. And the first mention of decimals is writing money amounts uh, younger, like second grade. And it hits heavy with computation in fourth and fifth grade. But percentages are not mentioned mostly until about sixth grade. 
Yeah, so that's kind of interesting, right? There's a mathematical reason for that to really understand percentages. Percentages are all about ratios. It's all about the ratio out of 100. And so it's really this relative amount. And we usually wait until sixth, seventh grade to do a lot yeah. with ratios and proportional reasoning. Um, and so the, the curriculum sort of uh, usually waits that long to deal with percentages. But we both feel, you and I, Kim, we mm -hmm. both feel like we can use the real world experiences that kids have with percents to do stuff way earlier. So Kim, talk about some of those. Sure. So, right. We live in a digital world. And so we have children who have percent bars on devices everywhere, right? So everywhere. they're yeah. they're playing games and they have download percentages. They have um, cell phone batteries that show decreasing battery life. Totally. It's like a picture of a battery, right? right? With the, like the, the filled in how much they can see. Yeah. The With the percentage written right beside that. Totally. There's progress bars in games and on ebooks. E no, nobody's yeah. using games these days. <laughs> Nobody plays a game. No electronic games going on. Right. And ebooks. Uh huh. Yeah. So, and just online in general and computers, they're seeing these pictures of batteries with percentages right next to them. And so, if nothing more, students are understanding 100% as the whole or the unit and 0% as the beginning. Sure. When they look at those sort of percent bars um, representing any of those things you just talked about, they can tell, oh, if I'm right. like closer to the zero, then nothing's downloaded. If I'm closer to the hundred, I'm almost done. And, right. and they're really getting this, this um, kind of uh, at heart feel for what's happening. They're, they're, they have this sort of um, gut level instinct for percents and it's well, getting and they, really young. Yeah. And they sure know when to plug in, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like they know when they're about ready to like hit it. Oh, I can go now. And you know, like yep. whatever the thing is, um, then yeah, I need to go recharge or I, or I'm, I'm ready to go uh, conquer the next whatever in the game or, oh no, I better do something because my health is lower. Well, all those things, they really are having, uh, gaining this gut level sense of what percents mean. So we also see percents in things like sales and tips. And of course, all those digital places that we just talked about. Um, as students recognize something like a 50% download or 50% progress in a game or 50% health points, that's all one half, right? That's the right. fraction one half. They, and they, they're sort of seeing that percent bar B. If you can see my hand right now, I'm like waving, like, like you can kind of see I've got the whole percent bar and then I'm landing in the half mark. And when students see that sort of 50% uh part and, and written right next to the bar often is that 50%, then sure. we can sort of rename that right there right then over their shoulders. We go, oh, you're halfway through. And we can use that sense of relative size to our advantage and then go ahead and get formal with percents in sixth grade. But I think we can do a whole lot of informal stuff earlier. Right. If we can tap into that idea, we can say things like, oh, you're at 50 out of 100 or 50%. We can help connect what they see on the bar to what they're experiencing and use that sense that they're developing. It makes me think of just-in-time vocabulary where oh, you nice. see, uh, see students experience progress bars and you can drop in the language kind of over their shoulder like you just said. Yeah. So instead of just in case vocabulary, like front loading, let's do all this stuff with percents and be real formal about it. Right. Just like just in time as it happens, you can just drop that language in and, and give students different ways to sort of talk about what they're saying. All right. So let's talk about how to reason from a fraction to a decimal. So sometimes students learn this very formal procedure that I have this fraction. What I must now do is do this long division thing in mm -hmm. order to get the decimal. 
um, we we want to uh, definitely definitely at the beginning we want to um, help students really think about the connections between fractions and decimals. So let's start with an important benchmark fraction like one half, and then we could use money to talk about the decimals. So like the fraction one half is fifty cents, and so how do we write fifty cents? We write it. 0.5 or 0 0.50. Um, and so that's a, a really natural way to sort of start connecting the fraction one half, half of a dollar, to 0.5 in that decimal form. So Kim, talk to us about how we can use that to then reason further about fractions like uh, one quarter and one eighth. Yeah, so if you know one half is 0.5 or 0 0.50, then you can know the connection between uh, half and one fourth. So one fourth is just half of a half. So that's going to be one quarter, 0.25 or 25 hundredths. Yeah, because um, we're talking about half of yeah. that 0.5, half of that 50 cents is going to be that 25 cents. Sure. Right. And so one eighth, you can just think about the relationship to a quarter. One eighth is half of a quarter, right? So um, half of a fourth, which is 0.125 or 12 and a half hundredths. Whoa, and you did that really fast. So <laughs> Sorry. If, if you've never thought about half of a quarter, half of half of 25 cents, then you might have kids actually have to think about half of 25 cents. Half of They could do maybe half of 20 cents, and that's 10 cents, and then half of that 5 cents is 2.5 cents, right? So they could uh, sort of add that 10 cents and that 2.5 cents to get that 12 and a quarter that you were just talking about. You might also have kids think about half of 24 cents. Oh, mm -hmm. that's just 12 cents. Now they only have one cent left over. Well, what's half of that one cent? Sure enough, that's just half a cent. So that's another way of sort of thinking about that 12 and a half. Um, so we want kids to really think about half of 25 and work with that and mess with that a little bit. And then it'll become, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable to do. Um, in fact, I have a story about eighths. Um, so my neighbor, Russ, I don't know if I, we talked about Russ on the podcast. I think so. Yeah. I think Everyone so. should know Russ. Russ <laughs> is like a brilliant neighbor because he can fix anything. Uh, so uh, Russ has also had several different um, position, uh, employment positions over the years. He likes to do different things. He's kind of a, a varied, talented guy. Um, and um, one uh, at one point, as we've known him over the years, he was a, a bank loan agent or he was he was working at the bank and he wanted to become the loan agent or something, something like that. And he hollered at me and he said, hey, can you let me understand something? And I was like, sure. Yeah, no problem. Because he helps us all the time. Right. Right? I'm definitely going to help him with whatever he asks for. Um, and he said, so I, I, as I'm about to take this test, they keep throwing out these numbers. I don't understand where they're coming from. And I was like, well, what kind of numbers? He goes, ah, oh, like 37 and a half and 87 and a half and all these, like, I don't know where these numbers are coming from. And I just kind of smiled and I said, oh, I bet they're talking about like loan rates. And he's like, yes, yes, we're talking about loan rates. And I said, so are they, are they also throwing numbers around like um, three and an eighth or or four, uh, four and seven eighths, or at that point, loan rates were a little bit higher. And uh, he goes, yeah, yeah. So uh, on the one hand, they talk about these eights and fours for, for loan percentages, but then they also talk about these decimals and I just can't even tell what's going on. And so I just, I kind of walked him through what you just did. I said, well, like Russ, what's, what's 50%? He said, well, that's easy. That's 0.5. That's a half. Um, and so I said, okay, well, what, then what about the quarter 25? Well, then what about an eighth? He's like, oh, that's like oh, 12 and a half. <laughs> that's where the 12 and a half is coming from. And I was like, yeah. So then what would it be if I, if we're talking about seven eighths? And he goes, well, that's just 12 and a half back from a hundred. That's just 87 and a half. That's where the, and, and he just like was on oh, yeah. fire when he realized that I could just think about seven eighths as just one eighth back from a hundred. And what's a hundred minus that 12 and a half? 
well, sure enough, that's just 87 and a half. And I know I do that kind of quickly, but I've, I've messed with eights a, a lot now. And so I, I kind of have some numbers at my fingertips to sort of think about the relationship between uh, the eights as a fraction and the decimals or the percentages that are those sort of equivalents. Cool. So he's a fraction guy in a huge way. Russ was more comfortable dealing with fractions because he's also does a lot with measurement, which I think is true for your husband, right? They, yeah. They're both carpenters. They measure a lot. And so they're really comfortable with fractions. So, um, right. But if you only live in one of them, like I'm just a decimals person or I'm just a fraction person, you're going to run into situations where thinking about a different form might be more helpful. Right. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I prefer percents, but there might be a time where I'm, or a decimals, but if I'm thinking about one third, it's totally nicer to think about fractions because the decimals are kind of gnarly with the repeating 0.333333, right? Totally. So um, 40%, really nice. I'd rather think about 40% of something than four tenths or two fifths of it. And I've totally heard you. Like you'll be looking at a fraction problem and you'll just zing right over to sure. percent. Um, because it's so cool. And that's really nice. One fifth for, uh, you were just mentioning 40%. That's like sort of two fifths. So we think about fifths, right. one fifth is one twentieth of anything. And, and for fifths, the denominator is a factor of 100. So those are really nice because we can sort of use a lot of relationships back and forth because of that factor of 100 part. So like one fifth is just um, 100 divided by five. So that's why it's connected to sort of 20% yeah. and, and really brilliant. But maybe what, would you really go to decimals if I asked you sort of like two fifths <laughs> of five? Oh, no, probably not then, right? There are times when it makes more sense to stick in a particular um, area. I generally land in percents, but there are times where fractions make sense, right? So so let's walk through right. that one just really quick. So if if I'm thinking about one fifth of five, one fifth of uh -huh. five anything's would just be one, right? So then what are two of those one fifths would just be two. Yeah. So two fifths of five is just literally two. So we, we would, you would probably wouldn't go what's 40% of five. You would just think about a fifth of five and then scale that up to get two fifths yeah. of five. But like you said, there are some cases where we would probably hang in one or the other, um, like for example, you mentioned one third. So let's talk about one third a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I might want to think about third in fractions rather than decimals or percents because it can be a little messy. I mean, it can be done. It just gets a little bit messier. So let's actually get a little messy okay. because at some point we need to have kids think about one third as a percentage or a decimal right. and what that, that equivalent is. And you just sort of threw it out as 0.33, but, but we want kids to kind of um, reason through that at least once or twice in their life so that they have uh, like a real feel for how that one third in fraction form relates to that decimal and percent. So you can have kids think about a third of a hundred. And thinking about a third of a hundred, how are they going to break that down? Well, one third of something nice like 90. So a third of 90, that's almost a hundred. So one third of 90, that's 30, right? A third of 90 is 30. So now what do you have left? If we've got, uh, we're trying to get a third of a hundred, but we already have a th one third of 90 being 30. Then what we sort of 10 left, what can we break that into? Oh, well, we can take one third of nine mm -hmm. and one third of nine. That's just three. So, so far we have now one third of 99. One third of 99 was that 30 and three. So one third of 99 is 33. Well, what do we have left? We still have one left, right? What's a third of one? Huh? Well, a third of one is just a third, right? And so now we sort of have 
90, uh, one third of 99 is 33. One third of one is one third. And so we have 33 and one third. And then we could sort of keep going and do some more reasoning. And that's kind of how it turns into this sort of 0.333333 thing mm-hmm. happening because we're sort of thinking about that 33 and one third and what's one third? Well, it's 33 and one third and it's kind of, kind of keeps going. So we can sort of reason through that 33 and a third percent. Well, then can we reason about one sixth? And we kind of did that fa- uh, fast a little bit earlier where we were talking about um, the relationship between a, a half and a fourth. We need kids to be able to ha- uh, think about half of a half. If we have one half, then we can think about half of a half to be one fourth. Well, similarly, if we have one third, what's the definition of a half of a third? Is that a sixth? Like if we've cut it, uh, something into three pieces, one of those pieces is one out of three, that's one third. But if we cut that those same pieces in half, now we have six pieces, right. six total pieces. So now we have one out of six. Mm-hmm. So half of one third is one sixth. We need kids to be able to do that kind of reasoning. So then what would the decimal equivalent for one sixth be? Well, we just talked about how the decimal equivalent for one third would be 0.3333 or 33 and a third. So now we can think about half of that. Can we get kids thinking about half of 33 and a third? Now kids need to sort of break out how they, and, and they can do it in several different ways. And I'll just think about one of them. Can I think uh, if I'm thinking about one half of 33 and a third, can I think about half of 32? Well, half of 32, that's 16. Okay, cool. So if I'm trying to think about half of 33 and a third, and I know half of 32 is 16, then I still have one and a third left. Well, half of that one and a third, let's see, hmm, that's kind of four thirds. What's half of four thirds? That's just two thirds, right? So now we're at 16 and two thirds and bam, we have the equivalent for one six. It's 16 and two thirds or 0.16666666. So those are some ways of sort of reasoning through about thinking about the connection between some of our our, our favorite fractions to right. what their decimal or percentage equivalent might be. Um, and I'm kind of, I've said decimal and percent kind of equivalent. We, we would obviously need to help kids sort of think about getting um, between decimals to percent. So let's talk about that just a little bit. How does that all connect to percents? Well, so we can think about a third in decimals and percents, but often it's so much easier just to think about one third, like one out of three. Like if I asked mm, you totally. for the price of a $30 sweater that has sale price of one third, you wouldn't really want to do anything except for find a third of 30, right? Absolutely. Yep. So it's a thing. Moving fluidly between fractions, decimals, and percents makes you a more well-rounded mathematician. It, it was fun to just listen to you go back and between <laughs> the three of those. Um, and frankly, it makes real life mathematics become more manageable right? You're given a fraction or a decimal that you don't really want to mess with. And if you're fluid between the three forms, you can choose what makes more sense at that time. So if our listeners try to live in one form or another or have students who do, what can they do to become more flexible? So a lot of things, but in just in this podcast, we'll just talk about one real quick here. Whenever you can, talk about them interchangeably. Sure. When you say one half, write 0.5. When you write 0.5, say 50%. When kids are watching progress bars, sort of drop in over them and talk about where they are. Ah, I see you're just a little bit done. So that just says 10%. That means you still have 90% yeah. to go. So teachers, make your units less about one representation only and instead focus on the connections between all three forms. Right. I think it's really um, easy to ask your students early. Do you have a comfort zone? Do you? Is there one topic that you feel like um, makes more sense to your brain? 
and help them get better about exploring the relationships and connections rather than treating them as distinct topics. Yeah, sort of lean away from rules and steps to follow and more towards using what they know and how they're related. Don't forget to join us on Math Strat Chat on your favorite social media on Wednesday evenings where we explore problems. And when Pam asks a fraction question, you'll see how people use all three forms to answer it. Thanks tons for the five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. We love reading your comments and the ahas you're having as you're listening. So if you're interested to learn more mathematics and you want to help students develop as mathematicians, then the Math is Figure Outable podcast is for you because math is figure out. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.